This episode of Safe Space Radio is brought to you by Physicians for Social Responsibility, the Sam L. Cohen Foundation, and listeners like you. This is WMPG. My name is Dr. Anne, and this is Safe Space Radio, a show about the subjects we would struggle with less if we could talk about them more. Today is the sixth show in our series on living with anxiety. I'm going to be speaking with Maya, who's a 10-year-old here in Portland, about her experience of anxiety and what she's learned to do to cope with it. Maya is in fifth grade at Breakwater School and has generously agreed to come into the station and record this interview with me. Welcome to Safe Space Radio, Maya. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about your anxiety. What what happens that makes you really anxious? Well, if anybody I know gets sick that either I've been around, you know, the day before I've heard about it or... I'm around um, at the moment. It's it's basically sickness that um, that scares me. Uh, but especially if I'm around somebody who's sick, I my my first thought is to avoid them for weeks and weeks until <laughs> I know they're not sick anymore. And is it their sickness that worries you, or is it the thought that you might get their sickness yourself? It, it's both. It's the thought that somebody's somebody around me is sick and that that's not good and and that I might catch it like the man inside my head kind of tells me they're sick that's bad you run so <laughs> uh-huh. so the instinct is to run yes. yeah and you have this <laughs> little, like voice inside your head that's like a man's voice telling you that yes yes okay and do you picture him sometimes yes well um since I started my anxiety I've always pictured it to kind of be a mouse Oh. That, because it starts out small and then it grows. So I think, oh, small mouse. Yes. Um, and it's like it feeds on fear and just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually kind of builds a wall around you that of fear that you can't break. It's like um, um, he tells you uh, this wall is to protect you. You can't go near these people. They're bad. Um, like when you already know, oh, it's like just sickness. Like when it's not happening, you can tell yourself that it's not. But then when it is happening, you're like, you know, forget what I said. This is bad. I'm going to run. <laughs> you see? So it sort of like takes over. Yeah. And then you can't think about it in the same way anymore. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so interested in what you said about that wall. So you have, so there's this wall that gets built around you that seems like it's to protect you from other people's sickness. But then... Do you get? Do you feel kind of trapped inside that wall? Yeah, it's like eventually I can't even talk to anybody because I'm that afraid of everyone. Mm. So then, is that kind of lonely? Yeah. <laughs> so what have you learned about how to take the wall down? Well, if it's like um, uh, if you you know push ahead and you know if somebody. For me, if somebody has a cold, if I go over them and even talk to them, which I couldn't do until third grade, that's a step up. Yeah. Um, so, like, if I go and talk to them, maybe a little bit of the wall just falls down. Uh-huh. And what helps you do that? Because I can imagine inside you're going, run, run, run. Um, well, I mean, what helps is I want to do it, but as soon as I try, I'm like, no, I'm not doing it, but... Um, if I, like, I think about good things, maybe, uh, something I like about that person or just something in general, 
it usually distracts it, like the, the man inside my head from telling me don't do it. I see. So if you consciously think about like you want to talk to this person and what you like about them and other good things, it kind of keeps that fear part of you inside your mind busy or distracted. Uh-huh. And that, and that really works. Yes, that's definitely. so great. Well, let me let me take a step back and start at the beginning because um, you're ten now. Can you tell me about the first time you realized that it was sickness that you were afraid of? It was a school day near the beginning of first grade, and somebody in our class wasn't feeling well, and so she got sent to the office so that she could go home. And then a couple days later, she came back to school. You know, she said, I'm feeling much better. But um, for the next couple days, I found myself, if I was ever sitting next to her, you know, I would suddenly freak out. And I'd ask the teacher, um, can I go downstairs to the bathroom? And I would just not even do anything down there. I would just kind of wait a while, then go back upstairs and hope that I wasn't next to her, which was weird to me because um, I really liked this person, you know, the first couple of days I met her, and I found myself wanting to avoid her. And sometimes during lunch, if I was at the same table as her, I would um, I would take my lunchbox down to the bathroom and just wait till it was over, and then um, and then I started, you know, coming in that morning and waiting for her to sit down wherever she was going to and go as far away as possible I could get. Um, and it made her feel pretty bad, I could tell. And so a couple days later, the teacher asked me, you've been going down to the bathroom a lot. Are you okay? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm okay. And then so I was afraid my teacher was going to be, you know, mad at me for, if I asked to go to the bathroom. So I kind of just, you know, stopped doing that for a while, but avoided her as best I could. And then, you know, the teacher says, right after I told you you were um, going a lot, you just stopped going. What's what's going on? And I said, for some reason, I'm afraid of um, this girl in our class. And she says, you're afraid of or Why? Well, what makes you, you know, afraid of her? And I said, well, it started, you know, after she got sick. Um, that one day, a couple of days ago, and and so she was like, so you're not afraid of her, you're afraid of her being sick. And then I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm afraid of her. And she says, well, what if this person got sick? And I said, well, I'd probably avoid them too. And that's when I figured it out. So interesting. And of course, I'm guessing you and your mom and dad have thought about this a lot, but when you think back, how do you understand where what caused it? Like, did you have someone in your life that was really sick who something bad happened to or how do you understand the source of it well i remember when it started we were learning about the human body and i kind of didn't want to hear what i heard and you know it stuck in my head for a couple of days it was about the digestive system i forget exactly what it was but you know she was telling how how you get sick and um why and that was not what I wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. And so when, uh, after a couple of weeks, I, I was afraid of it. Like, like, and so I stopped eating pretty much. And uh, that got pretty bad for a while. You were afraid to eat because it might make you sick? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, they had shown us, you know, how the food goes 
how the food goes down and then how you could get sick from there. And then I I got afraid to eat because I thought, what if that happened? Uh-huh. I see. So they told you kind of a vivid example of how a person could get sick in their digestive system. And then you, it sounds like you have a really great imagination. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of a mixed blessing because you could picture it really, really vividly. So you stop eating and then, and you were sort of, and was that right around the same time you were running out of the class if someone was coughing? Yes, because then I thought, oh, they're coughing, they're going to get sick. So like if, and if I'm sitting at lunch and I'm, I was barely eating and there's somebody next to me and they, you know, <clears throat> clear their throat before they say something, I would probably jump out of my chair and like almost yell, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And, um... And that happened for about half a year. And then I I kind of stopped. I mean, I, I would still, like, sleep, like uh, jerk back if somebody cleared their throat. But I wouldn't exactly, like, jump out of my chair and, you know, make a dart for the door and yell, Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, I'm guessing, especially with the not eating, your parents noticed and probably got worried did they bring it up with you or did you ask them for help how did that go they they came to me kind of i i told them i'm scared of this and then they like took me to the doctor after i had stopped eating for a while and i was way below what i should be like weight and height for my age and I'm, I'm still catching up. And um, so eventually we started to see a therapist. And that helped a lot. It's so great to hear. How did it help? Well, I learned a bunch of strategies. And I got to learn a little bit more about what it was. Because I had no idea why I was afraid. I'm like, why do I keep jumping up when people cough? Why is that so scary? And, you know... It felt like I was the only one because if I, if I was at my table and I, I would be the only person to jump out of my chair. Um, so I we started to see therapists and so I learned strategies. And throughout first and second grade, I think, I, I took a folder with some suggestions of stuff to do to school. Um, so that when I, I was afraid, I would, you know, ask the teacher can I go out and practice one of my strategies and she would say yes and so I would I would go like sit in my cubby or something look at the folder and try you know think of my favorite things or I'd bring like a fidget just like a something I could because it helps me when I stretch or if I squish things like one of those balls that you can kind of knead with your fingers like that kind of thing yes uh-huh. all right and like I could I could like try to do a math problem in my head which did help me back then that's great. So some people, math makes them really anxious. But for you, math really calms you down? I love math. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Maya. And so your teacher, it sounds like, knew about this. So at some point, did you talk to your teacher or did your parents talk to your teacher to explain about it? I think both did. And I th- they told her she's been going through some things. We've gone to therapy and her therapist suggested she takes this to school and to... Um, places where you th- she gets scared the most. Um, and so they made a copy of it for school and a copy of it for home. And 
a copy for therapy. And so pretty much I, the teacher knew about it and, um, I, I had told my friends all about it. So they weren't like alarmed when I jumped down at my chair anymore. Yeah, um, I want to ask you about that actually, Mike, because yeah. so at first it sounds like you jumped out of your chair and you ran away, but you didn't even recognize. It sounds like part of what therapy did was helped you realize, oh, I'm having that reaction because I'm afraid of sickness. Like even yeah. getting what it was about was the first thing. So, yeah. Okay. And then were you shy to tell your friends? Well, I I had like two parts of that. I was, I was shy, like, well, what if they laugh at me because I'm scared of something that's natural? And the other part was, if I don't tell them, they're going to make, you know, funny jokes about it that are funny to them but scary to me, and I won't, it wouldn't be their fault because I didn't tell them. And so, you know, through first grade, I was a little shy to tell people. I, I ended up telling everybody because I didn't, I didn't want that to happen because I knew, you know, if I don't tell them, they'll be talking about it, and it won't be their fault that I'm scared. Um, so, and you know, it's an accident. It took a while for people to stop talking about sickness around me, mm. which I mean, I, I tried not to be like, oh, I'm afraid of sickness. Don't talk about it around me. I tried to tolerate it the best I could. Um, but it, after a while, everybody was, had known it. It was a lot easier. Yeah. And did you tell everyone at once? Like, did you sit down and explain to the whole class or did you take, did you start with your closest friends and kind of work out I started with my closest friends and you know they told some people uh-huh. if, um, and then so it got around the class pretty quick but um, you know nobody was laughing at me which was, was anybody good. mean about it did anyone like try to make you scared no 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 I don't think so I th- and I think when people accidentally did they felt really bad about it I'm so glad to hear that <laughs> um, so it sounds like what what a part of what you did was you asked your friends not to talk about sickness around you because that would make you anxious. And yet I'm so struck because you've come in here and you're talking to me about sickness. And I'm curious, what makes it possible to talk about it yourself? Well, I think, um, one, it's important that it like the side of me that was telling people will make jokes around you if it's not is very important because then you can't blame them. And if and it's not exactly embarrassing because everybody is afraid of something. Like, there's no person in the world who says that I'm afraid of nothing and means it. Um, right. So you uh, realize you're not so different in some ways, and that helps. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I want to come back to you there with your folder with your strategies in it. And um, so somehow sickness has come up. Maybe uh, someone has brought it up by accident or for whatever reason, or they've coughed, and you've gone out and you're looking at your folder. Did your therapist um, do anything to specifically help you with getting more comfortable with sickness? Like, did she make you go visit a hospital, or did she prescribe anything where you could kind of confront the sickness itself? Well, she did this thing called EMDR. I don't exactly know what it stands for. That's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Ah, where, you know... I would, um, she would put this in front of me and she'd have me think of my most recent point where I was scared and think what exactly made me, uh, jump or scream or run out of the room and how can I make sure that doesn't happen again? 
And there was this one time I remember where somebody in the class said they had a sore throat and the teacher said, uh, well, it could be just a cough, go get some water. And I was like, and I, I was hoping that she would send them to the office so that they could go home. And I was freaking, I was like freaking out because I was scared. What if he gets sick then um, in the classroom? And so I, the, my therapist told me to think of a way I could stop that from happening. And one of the strategies that I came up with was I can, um, uh, I can think of good the good things that can happen, like um, think of the good things that might happen. Like, oh, it is just a tickle on his throat. He'll go get some water. He'll come back. He'll lie down for a couple minutes, and then he'll be fine. Um, or, um, or maybe he it was that he like had something kind of stuck in his throat and if he just coughed one or two times it would come out and he'd be fine um so you sort of talk yourself through the best case scenarios like this could be nothing yes and does that work usually it does because most of the times when some people see my class oh i i have a sore throat the teachers are right to say don't go to the office just get a drink of water because they usually come back saying no i feel great now um and so once that happened once or twice it kind of that that one memory of it happening and he being him being fine kind of repeated in my head like oh the same thing happened to this person he was fine so maybe this person's gonna be fine too I see. So when you build up enough experiences of it going well, then you can kind of like hold on to those to reassure you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about in your own home? Like if your mom or dad or your sister gets sick, how is that for you? Because you can't really get away from that so easily. Yeah, I kind of, I used to become kind of a freak and hoard all like the Lysol and Purell and like um, spray my room and my body with it. And I, I used to be crazy about not catching what they have. Like, um, but now I, I try and I used to hold my breath when I, I was in the same room with them. Um, that gets hard for after a while. <laughs> yeah, like, like if we're eating something together. And like, um, but now I, I can go up to the point where I can probably be not like sitting right next to them. Maybe like if they're on their bed, I can sit on the other side of the bed and talk. Um, and that's in four years. So That's a huge progress, right? So you can talk and be in the same room. and Yeah. Is that a relief? Yeah. Are you sort of sweating inside, though, a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a little over-careful when I'm around them, like like trying not to touch them as best I can. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to make them feel bad by letting on that I'm terrified of them. <laughs> mm. um, You're afraid they would feel guilty that they were causing you so much anxiety. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about times when I was sick as a girl, and I'm thinking about all the things that my mom did to help me feel better. Like she would bring in some special music into my room or she would rub my back or bring like a cloth for my face. The things like that comfort you or is it sort of bigger than that? Um, if I'm, if I'm sick, I usually don't like to make a big deal about it. You know, if, if I really want an ice pack, I'll ask, can I have an ice pack or a cold 
towel. Um, and uh, but I don't. Sometimes I prefer not to have too much comforting things because then it makes me feel like it's a big deal. Uh, so you kind of want to like keep it played down. Uh, yes. Keeps it a little more manageable. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And and what if it's something where you actually really are sick, like you throw up or something? How is that for you? I am still terrified of anything beyond a cold, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that's never really happened. Not since first grade? Not since before first grade. I see. So for you, because you're in fifth grade now, so for four years you haven't really been sick. Not really. I've had, like, sore throats and headaches mm-hmm. and sometimes the flu, but I've never actually... I'm able to kind of control that, which is odd since I'm still afraid of it. And if someone, you know, what if you do get exposed to someone who really is sick and they sneeze like right in your face? What would you do about that? How would you handle it? Well, if they actually do sneeze in my face, I'll try to, uh, you know, I'll go to the bathroom and I'll wash it off. But I'll try, what I try to do when that happens is I try to think of a way to make it either funny or happy, like, like. Like, one time I thought, um, they didn't sneeze on me, they sneezed right next to me. Because some people have told me, all of these things are ways of getting germs out of your body. So I thought, maybe she won't, like, if she keeps sneezing, she's not going to be sick anymore because it'll all be coming out. Uh, So you try to tell yourself a a hopeful story about it. And I think, and if I'm trying to make it funny, I could say, if she sneezed on me, um, I wonder what all the other people in the room thought. And I'm willing to laugh at myself if that happens after... A couple of minutes of almost hyperventilating. <laughs> so when you say laugh at yourself, what do you mean? I mean like I'm willing to think uh, it must have looked funny for me to be sneezed on by someone, and that chews me up usually. It does. I see. So you don't feel bad or ashamed. You actually just feel like, oh, that was so silly. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ashamed about my anxiety. It doesn't sound like it. I'm so glad to hear that, because that doesn't help at all, of course. Are there times when it's when it's really hard to put like a positive spin on it? Because the way you're describing it now, like you've clearly therapy has helped you so much, and you've been so resourceful, so you can think about these positive thoughts, you can try to make it funny, you can picture the the least the the best case scenario. Are there times though when kind of those strategies don't work, and you just feel like you're kind of drowning in terror? Yes, there. If somebody actually throws up, it's almost impossible for me to control what I do. And at that time, I actually I do run out of the room and the farthest place I can find. And when you say like almost impossible to control what you do, so you run out of the room, do you ever feel afraid that you're gonna like pass out or throw up yourself or scream? That that's exactly. It. I'm like I'm breathing the same air as these people. I'm leaving. Um, um, and so that's when, that's when the wall starts to be built around that person and me. It's like I I won't talk to that person. Like for, like if they come near me, I I know and like now I know it makes them feel really bad. But if they come near me, most likely like until two or three days after they've gotten sick, I'm gonna bolt if they come near me. And if I'm partners with them, I like ask the teacher, you know, please can I switch partners with somebody? Yeah. I want to ask you now about what you've done with this, because I understand that you are in the midst of creating a website for other kids that suffer from anxiety. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, one thing that I know about anxiety, and especially from when you're little, 
is um, that it is definitely not fun, and most kids that are little, therapy, they don't understand it um, enough for a therapist to open up to, like, littler kids. Like, if I started in pre-K or kindergarten having anxiety, it would be hard for me to understand a therapist telling me, um, you're afraid of this and this, and how do you think we could help it? So this website is a bunch of the strategies I've learned kind of filtered into games that are simple enough for the younger kids to play, but you get the message, and it I've tried it on a bunch of people, including myself, when I'm scared, and it really does help calm me down if I have the games in front of me. So what is the name of your website? It's OMG Anxiety. OMG Anxiety, okay. And is it mostly games that help with anxiety? It's games. There's also, yeah, there's, we're going to put a couple videos on there about um, scenarios where you're scared and what you can do. Um, and w- um, the website is going to be very kid-friendly, and I'm hoping that this will help the younger kids who don't understand anxiety like I did in first grade, and they can just, you know, reach for the laptop or the iPad, and then they'll have pretty much um, what they would learn in therapy on a website. Give me an example of a game. Um, well, one of the games we created is called um, Keep Your Head Happy, and um, it's where we use cartoon characters, so it's fun, um, where there's happy characters all like in a circle, and there's going to be like a background of your head, like this is what goes on in your head when you're scared. And in the middle is going to be a scary character, still cartoon, but scarier than the other ones. And... It's going to try to get rid of all the happy things. Like, we're going to have characteristics under them, like like um, happiness, fun. And he's going to try to get rid of those. And you're going to have to bring guy. them back. Uh-huh. I see. And there's going to have to be particular ways that you try to bring back happiness and fun? Yes. Uh-huh. So, and is that character, the bad one, is that the anxiety character? Yes. I see. And are you, you know, I know that for you, you've pictured your own anxiety like a mouse or like a man's voice inside that's building a wall. Do you ever use that exact image to create a game of like how you take the wall down? I've been thinking about that. The programming language we're using right now, I don't think we can do that on. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try another one where we can customize pretty much anything. And I'm thinking about, you know, using walls as an example, using... Um, thinking of your favorite things as an example. Um, there's this one that I'm going to build for scenarios in the future that you know about. Like for me, like going to the dentist. Mm, tell me about that. It's called the who, what, when, where, how calendar. Okay. And there's going to be um, a couple of boxes. One's going to say who. And if it was me, I would write my hygienist or my dentist down. Um what it would be uh, for me it's usually a cavity filling or on Monday it was getting my teeth pulled Um, and um, when I would put you know random date July 7th um, at 10 o'clock a.m. and then 
where I would write down address of my dentist, how I would get some information about what they're going to be doing and write it down so that when I'm there, I can know what I'm up against. And when you say get some information so you'd know what you're up against, you mean so you could really prepare to what to know exactly what to expect? Yes. I see. So this is like almost homework for people to like answer these questions, and that'll help you go in feeling stronger. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. And wh- what's the state of the website? Is it up yet? It is almost done. We have four or five games on it right now. We think that's good. We'll try it out and see if people like it. Um, and then if it gets big, we'll add some more. And then, you know, and we have a, we have a blog on it um, with, you know, some suggestions for strategies and some, you know, new things coming on the website. And is it omganxiety.com? Yes. Great. Maya, it is such a pleasure to <laughs> talk to you and to learn from you and to hear how thoughtful you are about your anxiety and... Um, I feel so excited and hopeful for you about where this is going to go and the number of kids you're going to help with your website. Thank you. It's very inspiring. If you did not get a chance to listen to this whole interview and you would like to or you would like to email the link to a friend, please go to our website at safespaceradio.com. When you get there, you can subscribe to get a weekly email with a link to that week's show. You can also download the show onto your smartphone if you'd like to use it for your morning commute. You can like us on Facebook. You can also listen to us through iTunes. My thanks today to Gabe Graben for producing the show, to Jim Russell for being our consultant. Coming up next is Speak Freely.